This program is sponsored by Wicked, Chronic, and Natick, Massachusetts. Located on 185 Worcester Street, right on Route 9. They can be reached at 508-545-8105 or at wickedchronicvendorcommerce.com. Wicked Chronic is a boutique-style retail shop that focuses on selling counterculture products such as Wiccan cannabis cultures coming together in a unique setting. You need something for that special spell? Go on down to Wicked Chronic in Natick, Massachusetts and speak to Beverly. Tell them Dr. Chris sent you. Check them out today. To the Dead TV Podcast, a podcast dedicated to all the canceled television shows of the horror, science fiction, and fantasy genres. I'm your host, Mr. Seneca. And I am Dr. Chris. And stay tuned after our coverage of Dracula Episode 10, uh, the season finale, when we'll go into some extra little tidbits for our fans. The, the series finale. The series finale, yes. yes. Uh, <laughs> Uh, If they had a second season, this would have been a good one to end it on. But uh, this episode is Let There Be Light, originally aired January 24th, 2014. uh, Though initiating initiating his war with the Order of the Dragon, Grayson swears to restart up the wireless light demonstration so he can bankrupt the oil-connected members. Lady Jane organizes the incoming huntsmen for the eradication of all the vampires in London. Now a member, unquestioning Harker, assists a plan to derail the wireless light demo for a second time, not realizing the danger he was bringing about. Van Helsing prepares to cut all ties to Dracula while he follows his own plan to get his revenge on Browning and for killing his family. Mina comes to some new revelations. Bob, yes. So the episode opens up with uh, Mina coming home to an invitation from Grayson uh, for his uh, season-long Tesla experiment. Yeah, yeah. And, like in my notes, I, I write here that the, the card that she sees has excellent Im- embossing on it to the yeah. point that like Christian Bale from American Psycho, that character, would have sweated over this card. It was beautifully printed. Just awesome. <laughs> um, yeah, he uh, he definitely had a uh, he definitely had a thing for that and uh, the embrosement of cards in the American Psycho movie. That's funny. Christian Bale, as far as I can remember, he's never played a vampire, has he? Not to my knowledge. Like he's well, done it, he's it, done some major transformations in film, but I don't think vampire was has been one of them. Do you know who wasn't a vampire show? But I don't know if he played a vampire or not. Who? 
he was in a British uh, early 2000s vampire show before he was cast on The Wire, Idris Elba. Ooh. I think Idris Elba would make an excellent updated version of maybe, like, Blackula? Come on, man. You don't have to go there. <laughs> Come on. They are apparently... Well, hold on. Before you call me out on this, they are apparently remaking Blackula. Okay. All right. So uh, why not have one of the best, you know, foreign a- African actors out there who's incredibly imposing play Blackula? I I get it. I think it would be awesome. Uh, he doesn't have to be in Blackula to play a freaking awesome vampire, though. No, but you're not going to cast a white dude to play Blackula. No, no, of course not. Of course not. <laughs> I mean, yeah. <laughs> That would that would be extreme. So uh, why not Idris Elba? <laughs> he's a good actor. I love him. He's a good actor. Yeah. I don't think he was as great in um, uh, what was the most recent movie he did? It was the Gunslinger. Oh, the uh, Stephen King. The Dark Tower. Yes. Yeah, I didn't I did, see that. Matthew McConaughey was okay in his bad guy role, but just uh, a lot of bad miscasting. I think in that movie. Yeah. So anyway, moving along. <laughs> yeah. So and we we we're opening up on Mina, and she's basically going to attend the demonstration. You get that right from the beginning. Um, Grayson has the Dresden triptych. Uh, apparently, he received it uh, between episodes. We didn't actually see that part. And uh, Van Helsing is there for his, uh, you know, to administer the injection so he can be you know, Dracula can walk in the light. Um, that part isn't shown, and didn't Van Helsing quit in the last episode? Uh, I thought he, I thought he quit. Certainly thought so. Yeah, so why would he be in, I I don't know. Something happened between the episodes that is not particularly clear. Van Helsing is there, and he's still on board. Even though I thought he quitted, he did not. Um... And then Lucy is feeling sick because, of course, she's uh, suffering in the beginning stages of vampirism. Or she puts it a good hangover. Yeah, yeah. It's definitely a good hangover. <laughs> she has a headache and she doesn't want to be in the light. Uh, then Mina tries to give back the cross necklace uh, because it was one of Jonathan Harker's family heirlooms. It's his uh, mother's uh, cross. Uh, and he says that he couldn't bear to see it on anyone else, so she gets to keep that. Um, it doesn't come into play for the rest of the episode, and it was the one thing that uh, fended off Dracula, you know, in a previous episode. He saw it and just kind of uh, shirked away because he had to go to his demonstration. But that would have been something that was a little bit more powerful against Dracula, and, and uh, she keeps it, but has no connection with the rest of the episode. Mm. Um, what's funny is we only see Lucy in these two scenes, by the way. One where she's waking up and her mother's opening up the shade, and then later on when she kills her mother as her transformation has been completed. Yeah. And that's it, unfortunately, because the show got canceled. We don't know what would happen next with Lucy's character. Yeah. That... That's going to be a bait, I guarantee. And I, I'm... Unfortunately, folks, there's not a lot of information about season two of Dracula. I mean, I, I've actually looked. Um, it just says it. There's just a lot of like it was canceled. It was canceled. Um, 
Yeah. The thing is, is that well, the two of the characters on the show, sorry, two of the actors on the show, Thomas Kitcherman um, was signed on to be, um, I, I don't remember who he plays, but he's in uh, the Avengers Age of Ultron, and the uh, the actress who plays Mina would go on to play the uh, assistant to uh, Dwight uh, Dwight uh, Dallas Howard's character in Jurassic World. Oh, okay. As well as uh, you know, eventually playing Lena Luther on Supergirl. Nice. Nice. Yeah. She she she's not a huge character in that. I mean, she's in it for the length of the movie until she gets killed by a pterodactyl. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> so she gets, you know, uh turned into a vampire in one and eaten by a dinosaur in another. <laughs> well, you know, it's better than dying in every single film. <laughs> like Sean Bean. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Unless it's Frank- the Frankenstein Chronicles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Which is coming back for a third season. So. <laughs> All right. Well, I think that pretty much takes it out of the reign of to be covered on this show, right? Uh, as long as it's actually continued, yeah. That's, that's, that's kind of true. Yeah. What's funny is the other Dracula show we've talked about a few times from the creator of Sherlock and the revival of Doctor Who mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. is coming to Netflix. Ooh. Yeah. So keep our fingers crossed. But it's not happening, they said, probably until either late this year or early next year, because they want to, they're they're not filming until uh, uh, late spring, early summer. Okay, all right. And said they, it's going to be a completely different take on Dracula than you've ever seen before. Again? Which is already a people Again? going, what does that mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, this was supposed to be the Dracula that you've never seen before, and it's so much that you've never seen before that it's barely Dracula. Because he's an American. Yeah. Well, yeah, he's pretending to be an American. But other than that, like, it's totally steampunk, and the characters are not doing what Renfield is saying. Uh, You know, it's not Dracula. So when they say, like, a wild new take on Dracula, it's like, exactly how wild is that? Because this show clearly failed. So, you know, will another one just fail as well? So the Order of the Dragon meets the new hunter, and the seer shows up as well, and Van Helsing has a meltdown. What is the music being played when Van Helsing has his meltdown? Um, it's it's well known, but I can't, I don't know the name of it. And I didn't have Shazam on at the time to be able to figure oh. it out. <laughs> I, I actually, I was so in tune with the story, I didn't even notice the music. Yeah, the music is uh, classical orchestra kind of film uh, music, uh, music, you know, used in many films. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I unfortunately didn't have Shazam on at the time. Oh, man. Yeah, so the new seer shows up with a, a rag that has the blood of Christ. And when he actually uses it, the blood of Christ gets wet inside the canister. I, I don't know what that's supposed to do for his ability to psychically see, but apparently the seer is so good, he's seeing all the vampires in London, and there is a lot of them. They've never explained on the show like why they show up if Dracula's around, these all seem like individual vampires that don't have any connection to Dracula at all. They aren't sired by him or anything else. Um, they just kind of show up. There's a, there's a lot of like weird questions in the show, like how the vampirism works. You know, um, Why are they showing up? How are they showing up? Why do they know about Dracula? 
he doesn't really interact with any of them except for that one scene in the last uh, couple episodes back where he says, you know, he's having dinner with friends and he invites them to feast on some members of the Order. But, uh, yeah, he this seer is, is so good that this ragtag band of hunters, uh, including that Maori warrior character, are now lighting off green flares when they're uh, clearing out these vampire cave enclaves. Yeah, they. Um, it's a quick and easy way to hunt down the vampires if you got this uh, little rag of blood. It's it's kind of interesting. Um, I don't think I've seen that done before in, in a lot of other vampire media, uh, including uh, something like uh, let the right uh, uh, let the right one in. Um, you know, a vampire movie we didn't really mention. We've mm-hmm. kind of got a lot of the various vampire films and versions of Dracula. But uh, Let the Right One In is, uh, I think, uh, a modern-day classic vampire story. All right. All right. Yeah. Are you familiar with it? I am not. No, I hadn't heard about it before. Are you serious? I'm oh, serious. No. Okay, so long story short, Let the Right One In is... Uh, hold on one second. I have the novel actually right here. I wanted to grab it just to... Ugh. Everything's falling out, of course. Oh! Oh. Uh. Entire shelf worth of stuff, though, then. Okay, anyway. Let the Right One In is a Swedish novel by John Ajavide Lingavist, and it was turned into a movie um, with all sorts of names that I'm not going to be able to pronounce because I don't speak Swedish, Mm -hmm. but it's about a 12-year-old boy named Oscar in the 1980s during the umbrella of the Soviet Union, um, is obsessed with uh, a murder that's taking place in his neighborhood, and he befriends a new neighbor who moves next door to him, a little girl. And she's a bit weird, and she only comes out at night. Oh, okay. All right, classic. They, they have a friendship, and uh, they remade it in America, starring uh, Chloe Grace Mortez, who is going to be playing Wednesday Adams in the upcoming Adams Family movie. Um, as well as, uh, you know, she's become a pretty accomplished actress now. She's just turned 22, actually. But at the time when she filmed the movie, she was 12. Okay. Uh, the, uh, it's a, it's a cute little love story between these, you know, these two kids, one, you know, human and one, obviously a vampire. Um, the book goes into graphic frickin' detail about how, uh, the girl becomes a vampire and it is horrifying in the oh. movie kind of grace over it a little bit but you get a shot of something and you're like oh that's yeah yeah it, that sound fr- from the tone of your voice that sounds like it's going to be hard to watch well no here's the thing the book i guess that goes into graphic detail about how she becomes a vampire the movie it's kind of like do you, okay, do you want me to spoil it for you? Sure, sure. The movie, it's, it's, the book's pretty old, and the movie's pretty old. In the book, um, her mother dated, his mother dated somebody who was a vampire. He kills her mother and rips his genitals off, turning him into a vampire. Wow. So he identifies as a girl for the rest of his life because he doesn't have a penis. In the movie, and in the American movie, they never show this, but in the the uh, the other movie, boy, of course, you know, she's like completely covered in blood, and the boy invites her in, because she can only come in if you invite they him invite in. Invite him in, yeah. 
Yeah. And uh, she's changing and cleaning up from the from the from the blood. And of course, he's a twelve year old boy who's got a naked girl in his house. He's going to take a peek. And then later on, they actually sleep together. And I don't mean by having sex, but they are. Um, she's really cold, and you know he's obviously completely warm. So yeah. they their clothes and they get in bed together, but not in a sexualized way. More of like a puppy, you know. Yeah, platonic. Like, like if you ever saw that Wes Anderson movie, but the kid who runs away, there's a nice scene between the boy and the girl while they're while they're running away and they're in their underwear together. Yeah, I mean, sir, and he paints her in her underwear. You know what I mean? They're both twelve years old. Yeah. And some people are a little like like aghast by the scene, but it's like no, there's nothing. They're not doing anything wrong or sexual. They kiss at one point. A lot of movies these days, they they tend to go one side or the other with kids. Either they're totally innocent and have no clue as to anything, or they are on the cusp of, of sexuality and everything is sexual. I, I appreciate the innocence of that time period of your life. So back to Dracula. Dracula. <laughs> <laughs> the vampire thing we're actually reviewing. So uh, Browning has the ransom note and uh, his wife was also sent a finger from one of the kids. Like any good ransom, you send a, you send a token. And then Van Helsing starts ransacking his his laboratory and all of his work and burning everything and just so this again you know he's he's quitting right you know he's quitting and then uh, Renfield comes in and uh, basically asks like what is going on here and you know Van Helsing stabs him in the gut yeah stabs Renfield right in the gut because you know he's I guess just cleaning up all the loose ends. It doesn't want Renfield to be Dracula's assistant. Yeah, that uh, that was that was something. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we didn't actually see the vampire rat again. Just that one scene of the foot twitching, and that's it. I thought I thought they're going to do something in this episode with it. Nope. 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 But they do something else with Dracula's blood. Yep. Yep. Hey. Well, um, and there's a there's another reason why I brought up let the right one in. Okay, all right. Late <laughs> <laughs> on me, late on me. Edwin's Edwin's children become vampires and yes. kill their father. Yes. Yeah. Very like you knew that was coming when he's just like, oh, your children are down there with you, and you're like, oh no. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. That like they were they were talking, and then they come out of the shadows, and with any other kidnapping situation it would be the child the children would run to their father like oh my god daddy daddy you know this because they didn't come out immediately i was like oh oh yep yep they've turned yep that's it and it was really gratifying to watch like the look on his face and the fact that even though browning had the ransom in a bag Van Helsing dumps the money on Browning after he releases the trapdoor and lets him fall into the into the basement where the kids are. So he dumps all the money that he just got on Browning along with some petrol and then lights it all on fire. So the money didn't matter. The ransom didn't matter. He just wanted the revenge, which we knew all along, and then completely destroys the place and the two vampire kids inside. Uh, and then that's his revenge, you know, you know, wipe of the hands, he's done. And then, you know, the the only other thing that uh, Van Helsing ends up doing in this entire series, uh, series finale here, is that he gives his old vampire hunting kit to Jonathan Harker. You know, for, I guess, 
for his revenge on Dracula? Because he's been used this whole time, and, and his emotions are such in, in turmoil and flux that vampire hunting seems like a great idea. So Van Helsing's going to tell Jonathan everything in order for him to get Dracula's. Mina is in the arms of Dracula, and they end up having sex. After he kills Smurfette, they had their little they had their fight finally, and uh, she uh, man, there's some punches between those two because there's the blood flying out of their mouth. Yeah, I mean those are not soft; those are not love taps anymore. And no, uh, no. and Dracula does have some affection for her and tells her to walk away, and I won't kill you. I mean, he is definitely within his power to be able to murder her instantly, but he has develop feelings for her and asks her to walk away. Yeah, the 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 explosion that happens when um Harker's quote-unquote press people sabotage the the machine. That explosion is amazing. Like it takes out the building, two floors underground because you know Lady Jane and, and Dracula are fighting that far underground and the entire street of London, just like fireball uh, of an explosion, and lots of people are dead, and Mina is so upset at, at Jonathan because he's the one that freaking caused this, and like killing all these innocent people. Yeah, this is Jonathan's fault, pretty yeah, much. Jonathan's fault, completely his fault. He's being used by the Order and was used by Dracula to to for General Shaw. So he's he's just you know. His emotions are just flitting with the wind, really. You know, Mina calls him a murderer and just talks about him killing all these innocent people. And he should feel guilty. The seer actually... Oh, the photographer. The photographer. Jonathan's uh, reporter friend. Oh, yes, yes. The the photographer uh, that he that he brings out is, is there dead beside him. And at that point in time, that is when Jonathan realizes, I made a horrible mistake. <laughs> And you can almost see it through this episode. The the decline of Jonathan is set in a set of circumstances that he created and yet believes that he can't get out of versus what he could have done when he immediately found out that Mina was there. He could have gone to Dracula and said, cancel the demonstration. There is something wrong. and And that would have been it. But instead he goes to find Mina, wasting time, and then it sets that domino effect of, of, of situations where the machine can't be stopped, the, the box that has the controls can't be opened, and then boom, everything goes off. Everything now, goes off. I'm wondering if in season two they were going to, uh, because they now have Jonathan teaming up with Van Helsing. Yeah. Van Helsing has severed his ties with Dracula, He's, and... Uh, I wonder if in season two, because Lucy is now a vampire and Mina is in Dracula's thrall, were they going to introduce Arthur Homewood, Jack Stewart, and um, Quincy Morris? That would have been a possibility. So um, those are three characters that we, I think we saw, I think we saw Stewart earlier in the season, but those are the three other main characters from Dracula we never get to see. In fact, I mean, Lucy marries one of them. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, remember in Dracula, Den loving it with um, Leslie Nielsen. Leslie Nielsen, yeah. yeah. And, uh, she he when uh, Lucy comes back as a vampire and, and she's like grabbing onto her breast in front of Jonathan. 
And Jonathan's like, Lucy, I'm British. <laughs> she's like, I'm good. Ah, Leslie Nielsen, I miss him. <laughs> Why are you completely covered in blood? Why are you perfectly clean, Van Helsing? Oh, because I was standing over there. <laughs> <laughs> As Jonathan like hammers the stake into meet Lucy's heart, and he's being sprayed with blood. Ah, ah, ah. Yeah, <laughs> which is a parody of the scene when um, Van Helsing, played by Sir Anthony Hopkins, does it in Bram Stoker's Dracula. Mm-hmm. Lucy in that really weird-looking uh, burial costume that she's in with the giant headpiece and everything. Yeah, and... it's almost like a wedding wake outfit. <laughs> Yeah, it's supposed to be her wedding gown. That's what someone told me. It's a, it's her wedding gown, and she looks hot as hell when she's all white. She got the blood coming out of her mouth or whatever. She got the child or whatever in her thrall. But yeah, she gets like stabbed in the in the heart with a stake or whatever, and she spurts blood up everywhere. Blood, yeah, you know, I'm buffing the vampire slayer. They just turn to dust. <laughs> That's true. And and earlier we saw that older vampires just turn to dust. I guess you got really old to turn it to have it happen. But the reason why they had him turned to dust and they looked all monstrous on Buffy is as Josh Whedon explained it, we couldn't just have this pretty blonde teenager running around stabbing people in the chest. <laughs> I understand that. I understand that. So we had to make him look like monsters. <laughs> hey, it worked. Yeah, well, he got the idea from the makeup from the Lost Boys. You remember in the Lost Boys when David transforms from the when you see the first vampire to have a transformation is David. And he comes out into the light or whatever to scare Sam and the and the Frog Brothers. And he's got that same type of rigid forehead yeah, the... face that, like, you know, Angel, Spike, and the other vampires have on Buffy. Yeah, yeah. I remember that. <laughs> Which we're covering currently now on the Lost Boys Movie Minute Podcast with me and Scott Danielson. Episode 65 to 70 is coming up in next week. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and and that's basically the rest of the... the, the show here like that's that's really it you know jonathan is now teamed up with van helsing i suppose in order to fight dracula although i think van helsing seems to be more uninterested in it now um just kind of like passing the torch to jonathan jonathan's just killed a whole bunch of people davenport and a whole street full of people he's probably not going to get any repercussions no, because he's a central main character. Yes, and he's part of the Order of the Dragon, and they ordered the hit anyway, so, yeah, you know. The cops are on the take. There's no one going to get punished for this. I wonder if they're going to introduce another sexy female vampire hunter next season, because, you know, we got Lucy turning into a vampire, and that's all sorts of hot. But, uh, A, I wonder if that actor would have changed, too, so she could go film Jurassic World. And, B, our, again, uh, you know, we need another female femme fatale. That's true, and and we need a little bit more conflict, because if it was just Jonathan hunting Dracula, he's no match for Dracula. There needs to be some more conflict, and after Browning is dead, Davenport's dead, uh, the other lords earlier in the, in the show was dead, how many do they really have left of the order that is really important? The machine is gone, that was his whole idea for you know, taking away their financial backing. There's nothing left. The only thing they have left is now a romance revenge story with Mina, Dracula, and Jonathan, and that's not particularly exciting to me. Yeah, ten episodes, that's it. That's it, and I can't find much about what happened with season two, what would have happened if they had a season two. I mean, there is just really just not a lot of information online. IMDb doesn't really list anything either, which would be like the main source for like, oh, so the show was canceled. 
I, I just, unfortunately, also typing in Dracula series or whatever, you kind of keep hitting that new one, which is going to start blowing up the uh, the Google searches. Yeah, yeah, there's just not a lot on, on the show. But we will have more for the Adams Family when we get to that. <laughs> we'll get more to that in, uh, in another week, because uh, we're going to record the Adams Family coming up, and we'll let you know more information about all of that. Stay tuned for a uh, little anniversary of the Dead TV podcast that we recorded a few weeks ago when Mr. Zeneca was in Boston. Thanks, everybody. And welcome back to the Dead TV podcast, a post-Dracula uh, coverage episode. After we have done talking about Dracula, episode 7, in uh, when Mr. Zeneca was in Massachusetts, we recorded this, deciding to go over... Some of the things that we've been talking about on the Dead TV podcast for the last two years. Two be, years. We didn't mention it back in December, but the podcast has been on for two years. Uh, it went from pretty much being bi-weekly to weekly. And uh, we thought we would go over for anybody joining us for the Adams Family, and maybe skipping a bunch of the other shows that we've done, going over the list of the shows that we've done with a little bit of the background about who we are, to catch you up to date, just in case it's something you missed in the very first episode. Uh, which was covering Kindred the Embraced, uh, which I do recommend wa wa listening to, but if you're not a fan of that show, and trust me, I completely understand why, then you don't have to go all the way back to the very beginning of the entire podcast. Uh, I host a radio show in Massachusetts called Dr. Chris's Radio of Horror, the network of shows where this podcast kind of comes from, um, and uh, the show was originally my idea. And he contacted me um, because I'd been a guest on the Radio of Horror a couple of times. And we have really great rapport. You know, we're really good online friends. And I agreed to do the Radio, um, the radio of Horrors podcast, the Dead TV podcast. Um, the sideshow. Sideshow, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that way we're not saying podcast twice. That's true. Um as, as just kind of a, a lark. A lark. It's just something that I figured I would spend my Sunday nights doing. And You were like, I'm not doing anything. I got yeah. some long-term projects, but nothing like that. The talking is not going to require me to be like, oh, I got to give up my whole day to talk yeah. for an hour and watch two hours of TV during the week. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> it is the simplest job. It, it really is. Now, it's... if I said, let's do a book, that might be a little No, harder. no, no. That, a I... I've got two books already in process. I, I don't have time for another one. I give all respect to people who do podcasts on books because I struggle to find time to read. I do read a lot, but I would never be able to get a podcast done about reading other than like the material I need to do for this show. And, and that's only when we seem to do comic books. So thank yeah. You. yeah, which we've done two of, which we'll get to. Um, so, so when uh, Dr. Chris approached me with this, I was enthused about it. It sounded like a pretty cool idea. Um, just talking about canceled television shows, most of which I probably hadn't ever seen before. And so that was a nice little angle to, to take on it because then, um, you know, I, you notice in the Dead TV podcast that uh, there's a lot of things that Dr. Chris brings up that I have no idea what he's talking about. Most, by the way, you say most of which you haven't seen before. That is correct because other than Friday the 13th, the series, you had not seen I any of these shows. No. Other than Friday the 13th, the series, and even then that was like, Years ago, yes. we were both in our thirties. So this, we the Friday Thirteenth was on when we were children, and we were definitely not watching it then. We were watching it in reruns, probably on Sci Fi Channel or, or um, one of the other networks on. But we started with Kindred the Embraced. Why? Because it was so short. It was so easy to do, and I have stupid love for that show. Uh, 
you know, I do um, educational uh, workshops and presentations and... Uh, sex I'm, education. Sex education. Adult sex education. Well, I mean, that is the majority of what I do now, but I have taught a wide variety of subjects. And uh, so doing kind of like the background research, like for Kindred the Embraced, I did a lot of the research on the Vampire the Masquerade role-playing game upon which the, the show was based. Uh, so in that, um, in those podcasts, I was talking about the different clans and, and how they interact and what their typical things are, and, you know, just some background information. And then when we moved into Constantine, that was totally my bag. You know, occult knowledge, that's totally my bag. I'm, I don't propose to be like a super-duper occult specialist, um, but my my partner, uh, he is uh, way more involved in the occult realms as a Thelemic. Uh, you know, he has a lot more high magic, ceremonial magic experience than I do. Uh, I am a Dionysian, so a lot of my worship and dedications are in the pursuit of wine, women, and merriment. Hence, the goddess Dionysus. Yes. Yes. So we did Kindred the Embraced, which uh, you also you forgot to mention you were a model for White oh, Wolf yes. back when you were like a t like early twenty something. Yes, yes, I was <laughs> I was a spokesmodel for Vampire the Masquerade Bloodlines video game. Yeah, that's kind of cool. And I'm actually on the Wikipedia page. Uh, you can see a picture of me for um, you know when we actually presented at the E3 convention when the game was released. That is very very cool. Uh, throughout my life, I've met a lot, a lot of good people, a lot of crazy people. celebrities. I've been to a lot of wild parties. Oh, like, I can imagine playing that game with oh, that game. Oh, I've I've got I've got tons of you know stories that I don't think anyone wants me to actually say. Probably not, because then uh, somebody'd be like, Someone, "Oh, what? That never happened. I'm gonna go and yeah, sue her." Yeah, th this was before the time that cell phones had cameras that were worth a damn. So oh boy, <laughs> I can't imagine actually having cell phone cameras nowadays with all the stupid stuff that I did. So we went from Kindred to uh, Kindred the Embrace, which was on Fox in the '90s, to Constantine. Which uh, came out in 2014. It was part of the Arrowverse, which is still going on right now. And John Constantine, uh, those episodes are pretty relevant because John is currently on DC's Legends of Tomorrow. Um, I don't know if he'll be appearing on Swamp Thing, uh, which Maybe. is going to be the next uh, DC Universe app television show to start after Doom Patrol. Uh, because we actually did the Swamp Thing animated series. Good God, was that awful. But I wanted to break before we jumped into a huge show that we did, uh, which was Friday the 13th, the series, which we just got done doing in December. And uh, that was 72 episodes of a show sharing the name of a slasher series, but nothing to do with the slasher series, other than one of the actors having appeared in both who came on the show in season three. John DeLevay! And we took a break from that after season one, because I wanted to do a cartoon series I didn't want to wait for, and I thought it would break up the show just a little bit. We did Spawn the Animated Series, which yeah. is also pretty relevant, considering that the, uh, I believe the live-action movie is supposed to be out this year, I think, starring... J Jamie, uh, Jamie Foxx. Jamie Foxx, yeah. so... We'll see if he is as good of an actor as we think he is. He can pull off playing the brooding, dark, non-quippy, non-hilarious, non-funny, which are all the things Jamie Foxx is known for, 
anti-hero Spawn. He can totally do it. I think he's got the acting chops. I've seen him in some dramatic roles. Yeah, he can totally do it. And Spawn was a probably the most violent show we had done, even though it was a cartoon. It yes. was sex, it was swearing, there if, was violence. If you notice on our iTunes listing, all of those Spawn episodes are adult content. Yes, they have to be. Yeah. So we went back to Friday the 13th, which again, the name does not imply it being very violent, so that's kind of funny. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we are, uh, we just finished Dracula, and we're going to start the Adams Family for the next several weeks leading into when the movie comes out. And we will get into a lot of coverage about the Adams Family um, when we actually start the Adams Family, so we're not going to really discuss that here because yeah. we're going to have weeks to do it. But after the Adams Family, we have at least three shows we know we're going to do and get to. Uh, Witchblade? Witchblade, which I put off because I wanted to do the Adams Family. Mr. Zeneca convinced me that it would be a better idea because of the movie coming out. Uh, but I, I, I thought the Witchblade series on TBS in the early 2000s was very well done. It would be the first female-centric show we've ever done. Um, and uh, that lasted for two seasons and a TV movie um, in the beginning. And uh, then we'll be going back to the Paramount Vault with War of the Worlds. Yes. Which is, by the way, very easy to come by right now. It was just released by Mill Creek in a complete DVD set for like 20 bucks. So you get a a show which was kind of hard to find for a little while until Mill Creek decided to put out a less than stellar release, but still at least you can have the the whole show. Yeah. And then other shows that we've been asked about that we will possibly do are uh, Blade the Series, which was uh, lasted one season. And uh, the only other one off the top of my head I know we have mentioned saying, yes, we will probably do that, is uh, the devil show where the kid sells, his parents sell his soul to the devil. Parents sell his soul to the devil? Which is that? Reaper. Reaper? Yes. Okay, but it's another one you haven't seen. It was on CW. The first episode was directed by Kevin Smith. Mm-hmm. Uh, lasted for two seasons. Uh, Ray Wise plays uh, the devil on the show. Okay. This kid, again, wakes up one day and finds out on his uh, 18th birthday, his parents, when he was born, sold his soul to the devil to save his father's life from cancer. And now he has to become the devil's bounty hunter. <laughs> so he is the devil's bitch, basically. Yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> it is a hilarious show, but unfortunately it was canceled after two seasons. Well, all these shows, I have have not seen so it, you know come with us on this journey oh i almost remembered uh, one other uh, two other sorry uh the exorcist which was canceled for t- after two seasons on fox okay but it's so new i don't want to get to it anytime soon i want yeah. the distance to get away from it but the first season of that show was amazing television because okay. it's a direct sequel to the uh, the original movie awesome in All ways right. that cool. i don't want to spoil and then uh i've also kind of Played with the idea of doing The Adventures of Briscoe County Jr. Ooh, I, I have seen that one, and I love that show. Great Bruce I love Campbell. That show. Uh, we will not do Ash vs. the Evil Dead. It has its own entire podcast. Okay, great. It had its own podcast when it was on the air. Yes, it was canceled, but I don't see a really reason to, to, to overdo something that someone else has done. Yeah. Um, there is nobody doing The Addams Family, and we will get to that discussion when the, we get there, but that was the, another reason why we decided to do The Addams Family, because other than the movies and a few episodes here and there, mm-hmm. nobody is covering it like the way we covered Dracula, Friday, Kindred, and so on. Yes. And part of the part of the input that I have on the show is I do a lot of research. Uh, research is kind of what I do for fun. It's crazy. But, uh, so... And you do marketing research for your normal day-to-day job. Yeah, my normal day-to-day job is, like, marketing and uh, SEO. And as a sex education expert, you you have to do new research for whatever Mm -hmm. comes up in sex education as well. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot that I do uh, research-wise, and I find research kind of fascinating, so... And you also have to find ways to research how to torture your victims, as Mr. Zeneca in the... 
BDSM world in Pennsylvania. That takes no thought. That's old hat for me. <laughs> but you must come up with new ways, otherwise it's like, oh, ho-hum, she's doing this again. Ow, you're hurting me. Ow, Well, ow. It's, it's individualized for oh. every person. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. Okay. okay. Um, so when we did Constantine, I had not even be. I was not very familiar with the character other than uh, my partner really loves Constantine so he had all the Hellblazer comics and when we did Constantine I read all the comics that I could. I even posted a picture on our Facebook group about all the trade paperbacks that I had that I was going to be going through. Somebody made a great suggestion for something that I thought you should have done but I never uh, read the email on on air only okay. because I forgot about it. Okay. So uh, to the person who sent this email, I totally forgot, and I'm totally sorry. Hopefully you're still listening. But they suggested if you had the individual comics, but even if you had the trade paperbacks, what about like a uh, a sexy photo shoot of you lying on the bed, oh. naked, but the comic books are covering, and you're like, you're holding one up here, there's one down below. I mean, you could probably that... just wear panties or whatever, but oh, the comic yeah. books are spread out all over you around the bed. And the shot's taken from an eagle eye down. I'm like, that, I've seen models do that with comics. That would have been a great idea. We didn't do it. Wait, yeah, that was that would have been a great idea. Maybe I... we'll do it when the next, we'll do it with Witchblade. Maybe. We could do it with Witchblade the next time that, that comic book uh, show yeah, comes we, up. Yeah, we didn't do it with Spawn, and I read all those That's comics, That's right. We could have done it with Spawn. So we will, maybe we'll, uh, we'll, get, we'll, we'll, we'll come back to that in late 2019 when we are done with the Adams Family, because the Adams Family is going to take us through most of this year until about September, October, and then yeah. that's when we'll be doing Witchblade, because um, we're going to do two episodes of the Adams Family per episode. Thankfully, they're only 22 minutes each, <laughs> and we're not doing two 45-minute episodes of a t- of a main broadcast TV show. Yeah. So um, that's usually the goal to do two per episode, um, unless it's like we we don't mind stretching something out. Uh, like Constantine, we did a single episode. Kindred did a single episode. Maybe we'll go back to a single episode when we get to Witchblade, just because we've been doing two episodes or whatever, and, and we might try and like, but we'll we'll see. But it will still be, like, weekly because it's the only way to get through it fast enough, fast enough and we're not, like, heavily delayed um, for whatever reason, for, for something. Uh, so so <clears throat> since, since we won't have any opportunities to interview anyone from the Adams Family, I mean, well, we might be able to get someone from more of the modern stuff, but not from the actual television show. Laura... Laura, Laura, uh, Lisa Loring. Lisa Loring is still alive and only in her sixties. Yeah, she, but she doesn't really remember that much about the Adams being on the Adams family. Oh, that's true. She was she was a small child, and her memory is is pretty limited on that. Yeah, you're right. Now that so she's like fifty years old, we'd basically be talking about you know her adult life. Really, we would have to definitely get like a TV historian on the show to talk about the Adams family, unless yep. they, we do find somebody who is still at least cognitive enough to talk about it. Because I'm sure there's somebody out there that worked on the Adams family that's in their seventies or eighties. Uh, you know, maybe they were a teenager and they're in their twenties when the show was on the air. I mean, you know. I would love to get John Aston on the show, but he's ninety but something years old. He is not going to come on the show. No, he's all the way in California, and I've never heard him do any interview within the last several years. So he's probably just so hell up there in age. But for all we know, he could be like Betty White and still be like spry as hell. <laughs> Betty White is still doing interviews, and her and John Aston are almost the same age. So. Yeah. But just don't count on a lot of interviews from the Addams Family. Witchblade, oh, absolutely. Everyone from that show is still alive. I mean, David Chickeny from Baywatch was on that show, so we could easily probably get him. 
but uh, we will try to get more interviews connected to the show as we as we can. At the time you're listening to this uh, episode we're recording, by the way, you will be able to hear a complete full interview with Fred Mullen from uh, Friday the 13th, the series, the composer. He's coming on the Radio Horror Show on the 24th of February, and he was also the composer of a uh, favorite vampire show of mine called Forever Night. Awesome, yeah. Um, we might be able to get the autobiographer Stephen Cox that did the um, the Adams Chronicles. Uh, so we might be able to get him on the show. Or we could get somebody from the Charles Adams family. Because they're still alive and holding on to the uh, the copyright to the Adams family. Yeah. And I'm sure they're not just sitting on like, oh, we just sit on the copyright. I'm sure they, they uh, th- whoever is the living descendant of Charles Adams uh, like, probably has I, some I, stories I, to tell about their great-grandfather or something. I think T. Adams is still alive, and so she would have control of the estate. Okay, then maybe that's something we could reach out to to see if they would do an interview, you know, say we're covering the TV series and stuff and... You know. Perhaps I know that they are very um, sensitive about their intellectual property. So, you know, there was a YouTube channel called um, Adult Wednesday that was great, but it was canceled uh, due to a cease and desist. But that is a that is taking an intellectual property that you don't own and turning it into something. Yes, and not calling it a parody also probably hurt her as well because she didn't do that either. True. So, True. but so they are very sensitive about their IP. This correct. is not any sort of. You know, we're not going to be stomping on their IP at all. We're, yeah, we're, we're, we just review. Yeah, we're not taking any content. We we are doing everything the Freedom uh, Press allows us to do. Yeah, yeah. So uh, stay tuned for the Dead TV podcast coverage of the Adams Family, which will the series, excuse me, War of the Worlds, and everything else we have coming up in the next uh, several months to year or so. Don't forget, send us an email at thatradiohar at gmail dot com. You can find the Dead TV podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play wherever else you listen to uh, uh, podcasts. There's also, we're also on some AM, FM station, apparently. Really? I, it's so is Supernatural Creatures Lore and the Lost Boys. It's the weirdest thing. And they, apparently people listening because I can look at numbers and go, wow, 300 people listen to that episode. <laughs> that, that is amazing, yeah. Yeah. I, I'm certainly looking forward to doing The Addams Family, and I've got a whole bunch of research for that. Um yeah, this this has been an excellent show for us to do, and I've enjoyed it, and hopefully we will be on the air for an, another two years or more. Definitely. Thank you, everybody. Thank you. <laughs>